So joining us now on the show, of course, you know him, you love him, Randy Gisarelli from The Ringer. Uh, first of all, Randy, I just want to say happy anniversary. Today is 2-2. Uh, what'd you do to celebrate the anniversary of Super Bowl Live? Um, well, I watched highlights of Patrick Mahomes play like <laughs> I do pretty much every day. So I guess not not really a special day. Yes, great choice. Um, of course, you have had some absolute bangers writing for The Ringer, and you were telling us before we uh, got to recording here that you might have something in the hopper for uh, pre-Super Bowl. The Chiefs keep winning. I'll keep writing. Um, and the Ringer, <laughs> Ringer, uh, you know, they're they're certainly not uh, complaining about more Chiefs content. So yes, I have uh, something uh, hopefully uh, in the uh, pipeline for next week, the Super Bowl week. And then if they w- do happen to win the Super Bowl, perhaps something after that, we will see. They will certainly be uh, a topic of conversation for everybody in the sports world. So that'll be a lot L- like it or not. The Chief, you know, whether you, have whether to you want to read Chiefs content or not, it will be there for you. And uh, if we get to the point where people are sick and tired of the Chiefs, as I know many, uh, many football fans are um, tough. Yeah, you know, people get tired of greatness. That's just kind of, um, you know, everybody hates on the teams that win all the time. But if you are a fan of the team that wins all the time, you don't care at all. So we are certainly uh, certainly fortunate that they're giving us reason to sit here on a February morning and not talk about the draft or what offseason moves we're going to have or any of that stuff. So it's Well, uh, I still have to talk about the Royals once a week. Oh, right? yeah, there you go. Yeah, Kaufman Corner. Go check him out on all your yes, podcast apps. You. That's uh, great coverage of the Royals. The, the Royals keep me humble. That's that's uh, <laughs> being, being a fan of, you know, it's not all peaches and roses and flowers. They keep us so. all humble. Yes, sure. But they also paid us off pretty recently. They've uh, uh, I, It's been know. it's been an incredible decade. I mean, I I look back at where we were basically 10 years ago, almost exactly, right? But I mean, everything yeah. changed the moment uh the uh, the Chiefs hired Andy Reid and the Royals uh, traded Will Myers in, a, in like a three week stretch. It was I think 10, 10 years ago this past month. Yeah, and super. um, yeah. yeah, that you know it's been a hell of a decade. I'm not sure the Royals can replicate what they did, but uh, the Chiefs the, the Chiefs have built a a machine here. They built a well oiled organization, and um, you know what we can talk about that in, in the future. We got a, a Super Bowl to prepare for, but. You know, win, win, or I think the best thing we can say about uh, the upcoming Super Bowl is that win or lose, like we all feel, I think, extremely positive about the Chiefs being in this same position potentially a year from now and maybe two years from now. They've, you know, they've, this was the rebuilding year. This is the rebuilding year. (laughs) They're 16 and three and going to the Super Bowl. So um, I don't know, you know, how much more we could ask for than that. It is absurd. Uh, Before I get into the questions I wanted to ask you, this talk of the Chiefs being a well-oiled machine just kind of brought me back to some research I did earlier today where um, Patrick's 10 playoff wins, I I looked back at every franchise to see when – how far back they have to go for I saw wins. that and was highly highly amused oh so good there's there's only 12 teams that even have had 10 since 2000 there's only 12 of them in the NFL out of 32 and I mean you've got the Chiefs and would have to go back obviously to his first win in 19 but then New England would have to go back to 2015 San Francisco to 13 Green Bay to 11 that's the top four that's the top four teams so like yeah, my, my favorite is the ones where you can go back the bottom ever <laughs> the Browns 1954 yeah that's uh that's pretty rough they had their 10th 
playoff win ago was in 1954, Atlanta 1978, the Chargers 1982. Cincinnati's well, only had 10 wins in Bengals history. I was and, well, I was going to say, like Patrick Mahomes has more wins than the Detroit Lions in their history. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals in their history. But if if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll have more than the Cincinnati Bengals have ever had. <laughs> yep. Uh, and seeing as how the Bengals um, have suddenly become our number one rival, apparently yeah. here, um, that that feels that that just feels like uh, dunking on them a little bit more. And uh, sure, uh, can't get a better man than Bengals. me would not want to dunk on on a team that's that's down right now. But I'm not a better man. <laughs> if, if All right, I so may, let's... if I may interject you very may. quickly because I actually did look this up and I am not above this. I said yesterday that I was on to Philadelphia and I was going to stop harassing Bengals fans on Twitter, but I'm not. Not only does Patrick Mahomes currently have the same number of playoff wins in Cincinnati Bengals, he also has the same number of Super Bowl appearances. He obviously has more Super Bowl wins because that franchise is ringless. Yeah, he has the same team. number. Yeah. He has the same number of twelve win seasons. By the way, the Bengals have four in their franchise history. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes also has four, or I guess it's only five and five. No, and he, then, he went eleven and three. The that's the that's one right, year. That's right. Yeah. So, or well, yeah. and he has more Pretty conference hard. championship and game appearances, more conference championship game ha. appearances, and the Bengals have never won more than twelve games in their entire history. So he has more thirteen-plus win seasons than the entire franchise of Cincinnati. All right, I'm out. Thank you for dunking. That was perfect. Okay, but let's... you do know, you do yeah. know that if they, if he had lost last week, Joe Burrow would have been a better quarterback. That's what everyone was telling. I him. heard that. Randy, save it, save that. it for the end. We're going to talk. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so, well, I want to take us back to pregame of this of this monumental matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs that we had been worrying about and talking about all the implications and all that for for a week. So. Kelsey pops up on the injury report on Friday with a little uh, little back spasm on the second to last snap, and that just throws Chiefs Kingdom into a tizzy for all of Friday night, all of Saturday, all Sunday morning, trying to figure out, you know, if Kelsey doesn't go in this game and they're already, you know, Pat's got banged up and everything, then it wasn't going to look good. But, you know, he comes out in, in warm-ups and he's going to give it a go and he's running around and sprinting. How are you mentally as a fan – prepping you know in this game where were your nerves at were you excited was it like oh my god i can't believe it's happening where were you at well where i was at with kelsey i think since that injury yeah. report i was i was in firmly in a state of denial uh, <laughs> you know i was just like no that 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 can't be, that can't be. that the travis kelsey is cannot miss this game um and thankfully he he did not he's he's travis kelsey and i mean it, it's it's kind of weird to think that you know the, the year he was drafted he you know, missed the entire season. And then I think he's, I'm not sure if he's missed a game due to injury. So I know he was, he sat out one game because they had clinched the right. number one seed. Um, but yes, to, to, to see that was, it was, it was like somebody had like torn through the fabric of reality a little bit. It just, it did, it did not jibe with my understanding of how the universe works. So I just ignored it. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't need Kelsey's availability being questioned. Uh, in order to be just absolutely terrified about this game, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we talked about it. I mean, like, yes, the um, you know, the, the joy of beating the Bengals was going to be immense. Um, but the the specter of losing to them a, for a fourth straight game and a second straight AFC Championship game at home um, would have just been intolerable because Definitely. not just not just the loss, not just missing out on another Super Bowl, um, but just the narrative uh, that would 
that had already started to form would have just been crystallized permanently. Um, and it would have just, it would have been, I, I would have had to unplug from the NFL, all NFL talk for like the next nine months, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a tough uh, battle back to that point where people wouldn't be talking about that every time Mahomes came up. I mean, it would have been as devastating to the, to our truth, which we understand to be correct, which is that he's the greatest player in NFL history. That would have just thrown that whole thing for a loop. So I completely agree with you. Everything was on the line for that. I was a nervous wreck. I was up all night. I was pacing before the game. I was super quiet. Um, Austin and I, we went to the game. We were sitting in my car in the parking lot. And at one point he just looked over at me and he goes, are you okay? Cause I was just like zoned out just like, I mean, in a, in a state. So I was, I was as happy as anybody to have the kickoff finally happen and to at least get locked in and have plays go on and not just worry about the game. And of course, early on, you know, things were looking pretty good for the Chiefs. They they took a 10-point lead on a fourth and one touchdown pass to Kelsey. The defense was getting home, which was a massive key to this game with three first quarter sacks on Burrow and another one in the second quarter. Um, what do you think about the energy that they came out with and kind of how they matched up early on with uh, the Bengals in this one? Well, so I, I uh, you know, tried to keep myself distracted before because it was a it was a late game, right? Which oh, yeah. is kind of a mixed blessing. But my my in my case, it worked out well. My daughter had a birthday party uh, planned <laughs> uh, for for uh, like one o'clock, so it would oh, have been you had plenty to do. Yeah, I had plenty to do and plenty to keep my mind up. But you know, while they were the, the the kids were doing laser tag or whatever it was that they were doing, like they had TVs on, and for whatever reason, the TVs at this place didn't have like network television they had nfl network on they were showing a replay of the chiefs bengals uh, regular season game so my first so my first reaction i get the kids all situated i look up at the tv and i see chiefs bengals i (laughs) in arrowhead a a very brief moment of panic where i'm like did i get the the times of the game (laughs) that's hilarious um and uh why why do why are we looking so bad why does this look so familiar to me yeah um so so yeah so i was uh Fortunately, fairly distracted, um, and uh, and then went over to my brothers um, as we've watched. We had watched uh, two of the other AFC Championship games, but we had actually never watched the, the Chiefs win one. The, the one, the two that they won, I was in Colorado for one of them, and we were actually in attendance for the Titans game. Perfect. Um, and how how delightful is it? I can we can just talk about all these different AFC Championship games. <laughs> Um, you just, just like a deck of cards that you're just picking, pull, pull one out. Right. Um, yeah. Which AFC championship of yes, the five I, have you I been to? Very yeah. specific. Yeah. yeah um, but the game before the game, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I was a, a bag of nerves, but I, I, part of the nervousness of course was not just that the chiefs could lose, but how many quote unquote pundits and experts were predicting the chiefs to lose and actually mm-hmm. i would say the majority of people were predicting Agreed. chiefs to lose I, I took some solace from the fact that the people uh, i don't want to name too many people but the, the the pundits who i consider to be negative indicators um as in like if they're if they predict team you know team is a that, to win yeah it's actually makes me think team b is more likely to like win. a skip bayless or someone like you a just skip bayless yes. you just don't negative, respect their opinion yeah i not only don't respect their opinion but they literally know they, they know less than the monkey right yeah. um that uh so those people seem to all be predicting the bengals to win um whereas some of the analysts some of the cold dispassionate um you know math and numbers my kind of people the nerds yeah, yeah. um who 
could take a step back and actually analyze this without the emotion, without using, um, you know, psych psychology that none of us really are, are uh, you know, in a position to know. We're saying actually the Chiefs probably are slightly better team. Of course, there's the issue of nobody knew just what Patrick Mahomes would look like. But I felt like going into the game, all the people who were predicting a, a Bengals victory were were focusing on, you know, Mahomes being limited in his mobility. Yeah, they thought he was seeing well, yes, which which classic classic mistake classic right up mistake. there with yeah. uh, starting a land war in Asia. <laughs> um but uh the point being is that like the defense the, the defensive line of the Bengals was going to come after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And we we talked about this a little bit last week, but I, I did feel like the Bengals' performance against the Bills, um, shockingly good performance on on the offensive line, had caused people to sort of forget that they were playing three, you know, backups out of out of five on their offensive line. And as Chiefs fans know, you can you can have a great team and you know make it make it deep into the playoffs, but at some point, if your offensive line is falling apart, and the other team's got a good a, a, you know a couple of good players on their line it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I felt like that was something the pundits just were kind of ignoring was that yes, the, the, they, they held up well against a, a bill's pass rush, which without Von Miller was kind of mediocre and slipping um, in the snow, but yeah. And slipping in the snow. We, we talked about that too. And I do think mm -hmm. that played a part. Um, but the, the, the point being is the bills don't have Chris Jones nope. and the chiefs have Chris Jones and that, to me, and, and yes, he had never had a sack in a, in a postseason game, but that wasn't that wasn't actually, uh, I think, a fair reflection of how well he's played in the postseason because there's a lot more he can do than just get a sack. If he's, you know, eating up double teams and letting Frank Clark get in there and get sacks, he's he's providing value and he's done that and he's he's, you know, hit quarterbacks in the in the pro process of of throwing and caused interceptions and he's def deflected passes. He's done all sorts of things. Three but, years ago tonight, he deflected two late game right. passes against the Niners and, you know, shut their whole offense down. So yeah. yeah and he has been the closer all season on defense. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's been great. So, so going into this game, I really felt like Chris Jones could be the difference maker that all these people are forgetting about. So when during the national anthem, a, a admittedly very stirring rendition of yeah. the Star Spangled Banner by General Wilson. Um, yes, who's a pro. He's a pro and a beautiful rendition. And Chris Jones, a single tear, mm -hmm. dropped from his, I think his left eye, just okay. rolled down his cheek. And they show that on the screen. And I'll tell you guys, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you Chris knew. Jones is in his feels right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I I felt a little, I'm, I felt a little bit, I'm like, at that moment, everything we thought we knew, that the Chiefs, because all week, the Bengals were trash-talking. The yep. Bengals were about Burrowhead. The Bengals were about send those refunds. Yep. Um, and the Chiefs were, you know, the, the, I mean, this is this was an Andy Reid clinic, right? <laughs> Professional Justin Reid didn't mouth off like he nope. did before the first game. He didn't realize that's not what we do in Kansas City. You know, I think he was, it was somewhat as as good at the trash talk as Frank Clark was saying something like, you know, it's not a rivalry because we haven't beaten them yet, right? Uh, Chris saying, Jones said that, and I love it. Oh, was it Chris Jones? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was Chris Jones. Love it. Um, but, and, and you hear that, and, but, you know, they were saying all the right things, but you knew this game mattered more to these guys. You knew 
that rippling under the surface of that placid exterior that we all suspected they were on a mission. Yep. And it, all that emotion was bottled up inside Chris Jones and out squeezed this one tiny tear. And when I saw <laughs> that, I'm like, these boys, they, they are ready. They are emotionally you know, prepared. They have vengeance on their mind. Chris Jones let Joe Burrow slip out of his grasp twice in the fourth mm -hmm. quarter in the AFC Championship game last year. I saw that. I'm like, that's not happening tonight. No. And I felt, I felt like at that moment, at least, I felt like, okay, the defense is on point. And they came out, like you said, they came out very strong. Mm -hmm. um, and Chris Jones got his first sack early in the game. And um, I felt, I felt great about that, but I didn't feel great about the, the Chiefs having to settle for a field goal on their first two possessions. Yeah. Um, you know, you think even either one of those is a touchdown, 10 point lead early on. I feel great. Six, nothing. It's like a touchdown and they're, they're down the lead. Yeah. yeah the, the Bengals can get the lead with a touchdown. So mm -hmm. it did, definitely felt like missed opportunities. They were playing well, but they, you know, th this is the Bengals MO and they could come back. Um, and then yeah. you had that final drive at the end of the second, at the end of the first half um, where the chiefs had the ball with like, in in Bengals territory, with something like two twenty two thirty on the clock, somehow ran three plays and took so little time off the clock that even after running three plays and punting, the Bengals got the ball back on the far side of the two minute warning with two yep. two o three left. So yep. they were able to run some extra plays after um, the Jalen Watson pick, which was such a nice right. pick. And you figured, you know, at that point the Chiefs were going to go into half up 20-3 to three or something. It was 13-3 then, right. and they had the ball driving. And you just thought, oh, this is where they put them away. And yet, like you said, three incompletions, didn't move the ball at all, gave it to them on the other side of the two-minute warning, and that's how you let good teams back in games. Well, especially when, you know, Legereus needs already out of the game with yeah. a concussion. And yep. uh, I think at that point was Juju, I think, had already. Yep, had already was, checked out. Had yep. already checked out. We didn't really know what was going on. I don't think, mm -hmm. I don't, I feel like he was the one player we didn't really get much of a report on as to yeah. what happened. Whereas Legereus, you saw it and it was, it looked yeah. bad. And, um, you know, for, for his sake, for. Tony reasons, had already gone down. Okay. It was Tony out of the game at this point, yeah. I think. Yeah, because it was like yeah. his first catch early that he had that weird kind of collapsed on yes, like a. Yeah. I don't know. It, was, it felt like there was something wrong with the, the field. Uh, it's, <laughs> Could have been, guys yeah. were slipping and um so, so yeah so the, the here you are it's like we're we're clearly the better team on the field but the score does not represent that and we're now down another couple of, of really good players and mm -hmm. they've got the ball and you know here they are marching down the field in 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 a two minute drill and it looked like they were going to tie the game or sorry, make the game a, a three-point game. Right. And, you know, what happens, you know, on second and goal with like eight seconds left, Chris Jones oh. gets pressure, forces a quick throw to, to T. Higgins that was incomplete, and they had to settle for the field goal. And, you know, it's interesting because, like, looking back, I think everybody at the time thought, oh, you know, field goal makes sense. You know, it's third, it was third and goal, third and five, uh, third and goal from the five-yard line with four seconds left. Mm -hmm. I mean – you know, conservative, you know, you don't want to go for the touchdown. Well, I think the Bengals, if they had that opportunity again, they go for the touchdown there, the entire game is different. So um, just another uh, case for analytics and, the, and the, uh, the the argument of being much more aggressive in scoring opportunities. Um, and another massive play at the end of half between these two teams after last year with the Chiefs screwing up on the goal yep. line. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a really big switch there either way. 
yeah, it was. It was kind of poetic that you know they ended up having to settle for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, but we're we're up by a touchdown, and I thought, okay, we come out, we come out, and we score a touchdown on that first drive of the third quarter. I, I feel I, I'll feel really good. Agreed. Yeah, and then basically at that point would have been awesome. And then from the moment they were they they went three and out until the <laughs> until Sky Moore fields that punt, I don't yeah. think I felt like the Chiefs were going to win the game at any point. Yeah, in the second half, um, even though that no point in this game were they actually trailing, but right. just from the moment they went three and out, it's just like, and then the, the Bengals immediately come down and score a dying touchdown. I just thought, okay, th- I've seen this, I've seen this movie before. Um, we're, you know, we've got half a team out, out on the field right now, half a quarterback, half a team, and uh, the Bengals are going to find a way to rip our heart out again, and that was that's just the way it felt. Yeah, and half a team. I mean, we talked about um, Juju and Tony, but Hardman and Gay were also out along with Sneed. So, I mean, they really they were dropping like flies. And the Chiefs were running out Marcus Kemp on offense, which was in. I mean, a practice squad wide receiver in the AFC Championship game, and Sky Moore, who you know has had some run at wide receiver this year. It's not like he had no snaps, but he certainly wasn't, you know prepared to go in to get that game and play as much as he did. But I guess I say he wasn't prepared. He absolutely was prepared because they ran an offense. They, they somehow were able to piece that thing together without all those guys. Um, I guess I also want to talk about Marcus Valdez Scantling. I mean, with all the, the injuries to the wide receivers and obviously the, the Bengals had made a considerable effort to take Travis Kelsey out of the game as much as they could, as much as anyone really ever can. And they had all the signs in their, facility about did you hit Travis Kelsey today and like I mean they clearly knew that he was the focal point before all these wide receivers went out so Marquez Valdez-Scantling comes out and has the best game he's had as a pro and was absolute money and and on the right page with Pat which we haven't always seen um does this is this team maybe deeper than a lot of people maybe including Chiefs Kingdom gave the credit for going into this game like they don't get this done without that depth do they I think they are, but I think specifically when it comes to the wide receiver depth, I, I'm not sure that they're deeper than people thought, or that Patrick Mahomes is like like I've said uh, before. Well, however good you think he is, he's actually better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's great because like like Marcus Kemp, I, I it's you know incredible story I, I, it's amazing that a guy literally four and a half i think years of being on the chief's roster you mm-hmm. know off and on the back practice squad had four career receptions yeah um in, 24 you know, tackles career 24 tackles but four receptions yeah and I, I i tweeted this out like in the third quarter uh once uh it was clear that well i think it was after hardman went down that I'm like, are we really going to have to see Marcus Kemp make a reception in this game? <laughs> and, and he did. And sure enough, he did. Um, but is Marcus Kemp, when you talk about depth, is he really that much better than a, a, a practice squatter on some other organization? No. Or is it just that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid scheming things up can get Marcus Kemp free in an important situation and get a 13-yard reception? I think that's it's more that. I would talk about the depth more on the defensive side. Sure. Um, you know, sure. after luxurious need, I mean, your best cornerback goes down. He's out for the game. And w- what an incredible testament to the organization and to their drafting ability 
um, and their development that three rookies, okay, and Trent McDuffie, fine, first round pick. I think they moved up to, to draft, right? Um, and is really, you know, blue chip guy, yeah, a, a blue chip a guy, you know, at the time, I, I, I was skeptical that because they gave up something like a, a, a third round value to move up like five or six picks mm-hmm. to make sure to get him. And I was skeptical that any cornerback would be worth giving up that extra, that extra value. He's been, he's been sensational. I mean, he wasn't healthy, you know, he got injured like everyone else in, in, in on Arizona's uh, hard turf. And Oh, by oh, the way, we're going, back, we're going back to, we're going right. back there in, in 10 days. Um, but uh, ever since he's come back, I mean, he's been phenomenal, but to put Jalen Watson, seventh round pick and Joshua Williams, fourth round pick. And those three guys are going up against one of the best receiving duos in the entire sport. Mm-hmm. In Jamar Chase and T Higgins and they shut them down. Yeah. That to me is an incredible testament to this organization is more than Patrick Mahomes. So this is a team that is no knows how to identify talent, draft it, develop it, doing so, you know, with uh, you know, guys who are on rookie contracts, um, and that frees up money to spend at other places. Um, if you want to talk about you know, reasons for optimism, this this organization is going to continue to be a, a consistent winner in year in and year out beyond Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be that. It's going to be if they can find cheap guys to surround Patrick Mahomes with, they, that that frees up so much salary cap space to actually go out and and add stars and and you know sign stars as free agents to surround Mahomes with. Yeah. Um, so that yep. what those guys did, I, I can't say enough about that. But um, Marquez Valdez Scantley, I mean, yes, that was he, he earned his contract in in on, on one single drive, really. The, the sure. drive ended with him scoring, oh, scoring with that touchdown. stretch for the first down. Oh. That was that was phenomenal. It was um, and you know that right there, the, the awareness because I mean, there's a risk there. You you put yeah. your your arm out and the ball gets knocked away. Um, fourth and inches, are they going for it there? Probably, but right. Andy Reid has been has shown. Uh, kind of annoying, you know, tendency to be conservative in playoff situations more so than I think of the regular season. And they're bad um, in short yardage. Yeah. Well, that too. I mean, um, you know, they, to the point where on fourth and one, they, they, they go into, you know, a, a 13 formation, yeah. uh, which I, which I thought was great. And, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the two short options are, are not open. And so, on fourth and one, Patrick Mahomes throws to the end zone. Anyone else, and that's just an insane, just the risk reward on that is uh-huh. crazy. Uh-huh. But it's Patrick Mahomes throwing to Travis Kelsey. Um, but you know, and that that's beautiful. But that point is, is that like the, the Chiefs are such a bizarre uh, offense in that third and one seems to be less likely to convert than third and eight. Um, yep. So I don't know what they would have done there, um, but Valdez Scantley, the awareness, it's not like it's uh, reaching for the end zone where the line is literally painted on the field. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's he, easy for us to that? do that. And you guys, uh-huh. were, so you guys didn't have the yellow line on the TV screen. <laughs> right. Were you, were you even aware when he first caught the ball that he was a yard short? Like, uh, I, don't know. I only was aware by seeing it on the big screen that they showed it after. Cause they obviously took a good look at this. And right. so I, uh, when he caught it, he was going away from us from where our seats were. And so I didn't really see the stretch, but then they showed the replay immediately because we, uh, we challenged that one. Right. I believe. Yeah, we did. Yes, that was and the one they challenged. And that, um, I yeah. wasn't even, even then it wasn't clear to me that it was going to be, you know, overturned. It was, right. it was very close. Um, but the point is without him lunging for, without him having the awareness of where he mm-hmm. was, 
compared to the sticks, um, there's no way. So football players are just built different. They're the, the way that they are, know where they are on the field at all times. I mean, so many of those guys, you see them do that fight for every inch that they barely get a first down. And you're like, how did you know where you were? It's, it's something well, else, think, but it's also a testament. I think, I mean, it's his first year in Kansas city. So maybe he's always been this, this heady, a player, but that's the sort of move I would expect from a, 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 a tight, like a Travis Kelsey or a Juju Smith. Schuster sure. He's Physical the guy. deep threat. Uh-huh. You know, he's the deep threat. Yeah. Um, How many so times do you think he's ever looked over to the side and seen the first down marker? Right. I mean, most of the time he's 30 yards past it. Right. That's, to have that awareness um, given his skill set and the way he's normally used, yeah. um, that spoke really well of him. And, well, Austin uh, and I were just talking about how he probably was running a lot of routes that weren't his routes. That when yes. Juju and and Tony and those guys were out, you know, they elevate everybody, kind of moves up the line. And I mean, he was running wide receiver one routes, and he was running Tony routes with the orbit route and stuff. I mean, he was definitely doing his fair share of of heavy lifting on the offense. It was it was great. Another good pickup by Veach there, where um, you know you're not quite sure. You, you squint and see it maybe work out, but it doesn't quite crystallize until a moment like this. And, uh, and obviously he was huge there. So the chiefs had no running game really. I mean, the, the, the backs were good out of the backfield catching the ball, but they really couldn't get anything going on the ground. Their wide receivers were dropping like flies. That's still an offense. Somehow they had three tight ends a lot of times. And two of the tight ends would be playing the wide receiver positions. I mean, Fortson and, and gray played more wide receiver. I felt like than tight end in that game. Um, just, a uh, they were, they were multiple. They all kind of have jobs that they can fill in when other people go down. Really, you can tell that the offense is so well coached. Not only are these guys good football players, but like they had plans. They knew exactly what they were doing out there. The coaching staff, I don't know if maybe because the Chiefs have some superstars and, and Kelsey and Pat and all that stuff. Um, if maybe the coaching staff gets kind of lost in the shuffle sometimes. But I mean, these guys, these guys really, really set them up for success, don't they? The Chiefs have. I, I, I was. I was thinking about this. Is the Chiefs right now between you know Reed obviously as the head coach, but with Bienemy and Spagnolo having both been in that the, the spots that they are in um, for what four years now? I mean, Bien-Ami since eighteen. Uh, yeah. Well, Spags. Uh, um, Spags is nineteen. Since nineteen. 19. So Bien-Ami yeah, might be even longer. And Bienemy was eighteen. So yeah, and, five and four yeah. years. I mean, it's they are as. Well, you know, the, the coaching situation for this organization right now is as strong as, you know, it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they're doing. We, we'll get to Sky Moore and and what he did. And that's another testament to, you know, incredible coaching. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, every aspect. The training staff. I mean, obviously, you know, getting Patrick Mahomes back on the field. And, oh, and, and Travis Kelsey. I mean, we saw it after the game. The the, the Chiefs themselves and, and Mahomes were, were tweeting out um, – the you know information and pictures of the athletic trainers um julie i believe is her name i i yeah sorry, I pat talked about name. it after yeah the game. like yeah. she was how she basically you know four or five hours a day you know working with him to get his ankle in a position to play the the a, a separate athletic trainer who got travis kelsey's back um you know in, in position to go out there um so you know, every aspect of this organization right now, you really feel uh, you have confidence in. I, I do. I want to give us a, a, a special shout out to Nicole Hardman. Also. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, think about this guy who is, you know, in, in what may be his final year with the Chiefs. I mean, it's mm-hmm. essentially a contract year. So, you know, he will be uh, a free agent uh, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. For him to, you know, be out since week nine with an mm-hmm. abdominal injury. They've never specified exactly what it was, but... Um, 
and you know he's been week to week for like a month now but Pierre's to finally special. get back yeah exactly to andy reed you know we'll, we'll just see how it goes and it's just uh-huh. every week and every week thanks and andy they, they had to know exactly they had <laughs> to know this was take a while but for him to work his ass off to get back and he was almost ready for the jaguars game but we didn't really need him for that game so the, you know he was able to come back for this game mm-hmm. and then to re-injure that abdomen and now you know andy reed has said he doesn't feel optimistic that hardman will be ready for the super bowl um this you know this may have been the only game he played he made you know he had, he had two rushes he had two catches one of them for negative yards but the one catch that wasn't was an 11 yard reception on third down yeah on a drive where the Chiefs scored a touchdown in a game they won by three points <laughs> that's good that, perspective like, that yeah one reception you know, that one catch yep. when the Chiefs desperately needed it and, and the th- third quarter third and four it was a third down play made 11 yard catch that's the catch he got injured on but you know when a guy breaks a bat and, and gets a bloop single you know the, the bat died a hero that's right mccordman didn't die but you know he, he went <laughs> out he went out of the game a hero that's pretty um good. and i mean frankly i i would i would i would like to see if it's possible to bring him back just because the idea of having both him and tony healthy just for one game very appealing yeah. if we could just get both of those guys healthy on the field <laughs> sure for one game in the backfield you know, and you put one in motion. I just, I, I just want to see that. Um, Hell, if I we just, could get one of them healthy for one game, that'd be a great yes, start. Yes, yeah. that would be great. Um, but but I just want to make it, you know, a special shout out. Like, he he worked his, his butt off, and even with all that, he barely contributed. But that contribution made all the difference in the world. Well, and he's one of the handful of Chiefs that actually was there in 19, that's actually won a Super Bowl. And I say handful, you know, it it's been three years and a lot of times you think like, Oh, the chiefs have been there. The chiefs are champions and all this stuff. But of the 53 man roster, I think my head count was 16 that were actually on the 19 53 man roster. And, you know, Hardman was, was a part of that offense and to lose him going into this game, uh, potentially lose him going into the Eagles game is just uh it's a blow. It's definitely a blow. He he offers some stuff that um, you know, that I think the Chiefs would hope that Tony would offer, but doesn't quite yet. And uh I, I think the offense is a better offense when he's out there. So I'd love to see him bring him back too. I think, you know, they got stuff worked out with guys like uh Demarcus Robinson before, where if they don't have a huge market, like if someone's gonna go pay McCole Hardman $14 million a year or whatever, like, yeah, good, good luck, buddy. But if he doesn't quite have a a blistering free agent market, I think they could work something out for him to come back on a little bit of a team friendly deal. But um, fortunately we don't have to worry about the off season quite yet. The stage is set and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. You know them, you love them. You've been doing them all year long. Booster Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Now, obviously at this point, this is a national ad. And so not all of these people that are reading this have a dog in the fight, but the Chiefs are in it. So go fire up your DraftKings app. Go put some money on the Chiefs, money on Mahomes. It's going to be a blast. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Um, fourth quarter, season-long scapegoats, Skymore, Harrison Butker, both come in. 
both do their job, save the day, sandwiched around the grittiest quarterback scramble in human history. Uh, just like they drew it up, Chiefs are going Grab back to the bucket big of game. guts. Yeah, yeah, bucket, two buckets of guts. Mitch said at the end. Uh, just kind of your final thoughts on the the flurry of activity at the end of the game, and and how this thing ended up with the Chiefs on top uh, in that fourth quarter. Well, you know, first off, I, I have to say, you know, the, the the Bengals had two drives in in the fourth quarter that where they got the ball with the game tied. And honestly, both times I really felt like this Same. was it, that they were just going to, you know, in the first case, I think they, there was, was like nine minutes on the clock, but I just felt like they, they were just going to, you know, eat, eat, eat up the entire clock and, and move down the field and, and score. And then certainly when they got the ball back with, what, two and a half minutes left. Yeah, two thirty. Uh, even though yep. the, you know, even though Tommy Townsend, always reliable Tommy Townsend, <laughs> nice coffin corner punt. Uh, they, they got it to the uh, the uh, six yard line. Yeah, and then of course, and of course, after the intentional grounding, third and sixteen, and oh. the, the Chiefs let him con uh, convert. I mean, you know, multiple points where I'm just like, okay, we're we're losing this game. Yep, and it didn't happen. And again. It didn't happen because Chris Jones just decided it was not going to happen. Um, I, I, I mean, this was po possibly the best game of his career. Uh, sure. Certainly the one I will Arguably. remember the most. Um, mm -hmm. One of the very few times that we can say without, you know, too much pushback that Patrick Mahomes probably was not the best player on the field in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah which is, fair. you know, not an easy thing to say, but he was hobbled and Chris Jones was the best player in this game. And I just, I, I can't say enough about that guy. Um, and I know, you know, the Chiefs will have some decisions to make about whether or not to bring him back. Um, and, you know, I I, I respect um, Veach's, you know, abilities to to separate emotion from the, the mm -hmm. job tremendously. And and mm -hmm. he made, I agreed with the move to, to, uh, to trade Tyreek Hill, but... Did you agree with it at the moment that it happened, or did it take I did. You a little bit? Okay. I, I know. Yeah, I, we, we, yeah, we talked about it. it took, you know, it yeah. was once the like initial shock wore <laughs> yeah, off, you know, exactly. within hours, I'm like, exactly. yeah, you know, and I saw what we were getting. I'm like, uh -huh. you know, this, this, this makes sense. I um, get it. I, I, I don't know if I can get there with Chris Jones. I mean, of course, mm. I'd have to see what it would be, but, you know, the, the thing, the difference is Tyreek Hill wasn't the most important player on the Chiefs' offense. Right. Chris Jones is the most important player on the Chiefs defense. He's, right. He is the guy that the entire defense is built around. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, I struggle to come up with a package that it would take to justify moving him. Um, and, you know, he, if he wants more money, okay, well, the, the, the salary cap is going up like $16 million. Yeah. It just seems like a, a good place to, to put some of that cash. Yes. But we'll, we'll, we'll see where that comes in the, in the future. But Chris Jones, all, you know, just what a game, what a performance when it absolutely was the difference between victory and defeat. So there's that. But then the last, you know, what, 39 seconds of the game was just like, hmm. it, it, it was, it was, Hollywood bullshit, guys. Like, yeah, was like was. one redemption story after another. I mean, the first thing was, when did Such you guys first notice that Sky Moore was was returning punts? In was back game? there. Uh, so I I think he returned one. The first one he had was like the second punt of the game because it wasn't the first one, McCole, if I remember right. So they they put him back there early, but I thought it was just because McCole was hobbled and then they were going to – Send so the first else one was Kadarius Tony. Oh, it was. It was Tony. The very right. first one. That's um, right. And the second one, I'm looking here. It was. It was down. So I don't actually remember because we didn't. Uh, we didn't attempt to return. 
Um, oh, yeah, right. So I cannot, and I can't stacks, remember yeah. who was back there now. It must um, have been Hardman. I feel like it was Hardman. I think it was Hardman. I think, I think, I think it was 21st, there. then it was Hardman. I believe you're uh-huh. right. And so in, according to the um, – just look at the play-by-play here. The uh-huh. first one where uh, – because he, he um, – Sky Moore fielded two. The first one was in the third quarter. Uh, third uh-huh. quarter, um, that was the one Brian Cook was called for holding on the on the – on the right. play anyway, but I right. remember seeing Sky Moore Jeez. out there. Well, I remember seeing Sky Moore out there and just you know the, the immediate emotional reaction, like what on earth? <laughs> you know, I'm like, if there's one. If there was one thing we learned from this season, don't put him back. One back. thing you learned about the like Sky Moore is not a punt returner. Like he didn't do it in college. No, nope. he he was spectacularly unsuccessful at it during the season. That's a kind way of putting it. What yeah. on earth is he doing back there? And then it's like you go through it in your mind. And you're like, okay, Tony is out. Mm-hmm. McCall Hardman is out. Mm-hmm. Justin Watson is not active out. for the game. Yep. And I'm just like, that's pretty much everybody who's returned punts this year. I'm like, I mean, I still wouldn't have put Sky more back there. I'm like, okay, I kind of see their point. Right. Um, but it was just like, oh, dear God, what are what are they, you know, what are we doing? Like, just – this, this is how we lose, terror. right? Like here, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying not even specifically Skymore, but for at least the last month of the season, I think pretty much every Chiefs fan was like, "We're go- we're going to lose a game in the playoffs because of our special teams." Like that yes. was the point yes. at which we'd reach. Will toss teams. Yep. Um, and I, that's another thing we should. I, I briefly uh, a segue. You know, Dave Tobe has gotten a lot of crap this year, mm-hmm. and you know, people are like, "Oh, you know, he really he should lose his job," and I, I've always just. I, f- I found that kind of weird because it's it's one thing if like a player suddenly like Dan Sorensen is finally like, yeah he sucks he's, he's not cooked. going to get better it's, yeah. he's cooked he's yeah. an athlete right like yeah. there's an aging curve mm-hmm. Dave Tobe is a coach like mm-hmm. I don't think he suddenly lost the ability to coach in one year and I don't think he suddenly he's, that means he's going to get worse next year like yeah. and his track record as a special teams coach is really really good like phenomenal yeah it's it's like the chiefs are like top top 10 every single year except this year and i think 2020 yes and they were top five most of those years yeah i mean that's i mean when you think about how much turnover there is on special how much just pure luck there is on special teams right it's kind of a small sample size too right like exactly there's there's you know a couple missed field Mm -hmm. goals and you know that's Mm -hmm. Like there's stuff you cannot control, so the fact that he can he's been able to control those variables enough that they consistently rank in the top five is an incredible testament. He's an excellent coach. Are you telling me he's forgotten how to coach, or are you going to tell me there's something else going on here? Namely, Harrison Butker had a high ankle sprain his first right. week one of the season, and they employed some subpar kickers. Then he came back and he hasn't been 100, mm-hmm. but he looked the last two to three weeks. You know, going you know, maybe the last two weeks of the regular season, and then the Jaguars came. Like, he, not only was he making them, but like he was starting to kick down the middle again. Yeah. And so I came into this yes. game feeling, you know, like like that was the other thing. A lot of people are like, oh, Butker sucks now. Get rid of him. I'm like, he's he's not bad. He's hurt. And right. I've seen him make enough kicks in pressure situations, and I have experienced enough historical trauma as a Chiefs fan <laughs> from my kickers. Yeah. That more than I am fair not yeah. much more than our fair share to the point where, you know, before Harrison Butker and more importantly, Patrick Mahomes, like the story of the Chiefs in the playoffs was betrayal by their kickers. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that I know that he has made in his career coming into this game, 
Three times he's been called upon in the final seconds of a game, needing to make a kick to tie the game. All three were, I think one was 39 yards, one was 46, and one was 49, I believe. The, game, the 13 I seconds one, I think, was, I think the, it was 49. 49, yep. yep. And he nailed all three of them. <laughs> the Chiefs ended up losing two of those games in overtime. Sure, sure. But they did win. The, they, they won one. But the point is, like, you know, a, a game-tying kick where, you know, you, 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 you miss a game winner and you go to overtime, you still have a chance to redeem yourself. You miss yep. a game tire, it's you you're lost. the goat. It's over. Yep. You're the goat. Yep. Um, yep. And he, the fact that he's nailed all three of us, like there is a mental component to kicking 100%. If anybody need, needs proof, go watch Brett Mark, go try and ah. make extra points for the Cowboys. Boy, that was um, wild. I mean, it's it's a reminder. It is a it is an emotionally difficult job. Um, and Harrison Bucker, whatever it is that allows you to kick in the most high pressure situations, mm-hmm. Harrison Bucker proved to me over the last five years, he's got it. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, all I wanted to see was that he was healthy and he looked like he was healthy coming into this game. Um, so I, yeah, I felt pretty good about him. And then of course, during the game itself, I mean, we, we can talk all we want about the final kick, but he had to make two other field goals in this game. He, he, had, to, he had to make, you know. Two extra points, which is, <laughs> in Harrison <laughs> Bucker's case is not always a gimme. No, um, and and all of those kicks were you know comfortably uh, comfortably made. So um, so so that part of it, you know, I I I'm glad that at the end of this game, you know, I think Butker's position is potentially more secure. But I specifically want to see Dave Tobe. I think this game, it's ironic how the special teams ended up winning the game, but I think it's also a testament to Dave Tobe still knows what he's doing. And one of the reasons why uh, the special teams were so bad this year is there was so much turnover. There were so many rookies out there. Well, as we saw with the cornerbacks, rookies get better during the season. That's right. right? There's a, you know, they, it's like all these guys are saying, we're not rookies anymore. And it's reasonable. They've played 17, you know, NFL games. That's a hell of a mm-hmm. lot different than having played zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm really, uh, you know, I'm glad that this game, I think, maybe takes the pressure off Tobe. I really think it would be a mistake to let the guy go after one bad year when he has a decade of success. Um, but to bring this all back to Sky Moore, yeah, it was terrifying. He was out there, and I, my my first thought was, like, okay, just don't, don't fumble. Yeah, but that last hit, yeah. when they punted, my first thought was, gee, that looks like a low-line drive. Uh-huh, center cut, yeah. And it was just, and I'm thinking to myself, like, if you know – how terrified Chiefs fans were of Sky Moore returning points. The last thing you would do is, you, is a low line drive, which allows him to catch the ball with nobody around him and mm-hmm. plenty of time to move mm-hmm. up field. Like you, you kick that high and yes. short and make him come up. But like I, then, then he's you know best case scenario, he's calling for uh, calling for a fair catch, and then he still has to catch it because mm-hmm. he's had trouble actually catching it. Mm-hmm. So when that ball came down, and I'm like, there's nobody within ten yards of Sky Moore. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, he's got time to secure it. If he fumbles it, he can still pick it up. But like, he's got time to secure it. And then, okay, he's just in the open field. So that was, that was a bad special teams move on the part of the Bengals. Well, and it might have really, been because they were kicking an ice cube. I mean, it was so cold. That might have been a missed punt and not necessarily like they decided to kick it straight to him. And possibly, I mean, that's although also they, a testament was, to Bucker. It was a 54 yard punt. I mean, oh, there's that okay. too. I mean, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It wasn't like it was far. You know, yeah. I, I just he the trajectory. I I wouldn't have recommended that to the Bengals. Right. But right. um, but then um, yeah. But for him, you know, to you know, b- burst upfield, 
and sort of edge towards the sideline, which is which of course I'm feeling great about because like if he fumbles, it's yeah, like going out. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it was just like from that moment he goes out of bounds, and that's the first moment in the second half really where I'm like, we're at you know I, I've seen Patrick Mahomes, you know, thirteen. I've seen the thirteen second game. I saw him uh, with thirty one seconds. Uh, bring us back against the Patriots when mm-hmm. he started, I think, at the 25. Mm-hmm. And there's 30 seconds on the clock and we're at midfield. I'm like, yeah, this this seems like a layup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then finally, the, how poetic, you know, the the, the quarterback on one ankle. Ugh. Unable to, you know, he's, he's quote-unquote scrambled a couple times in the game, but not really. Um, and he saved it. Like, you know, he's, he's you see him motioning to the right, motioning to the right, looking. And then at some point you're like, he's going for it. <laughs> I've watched this guy. I, I yeah, know he's, him going, to, and he's yeah. going to make it. Yeah. Um, and, and he did, he, you know, to, to outrun a defender to get to the first down marker and the silent. I mean, but even before the penalty, it was just like, cause it was third and fourth. He doesn't get yeah. to the first down marker. Yeah. That's a tough call because I actually kick it talked there about or... it before that play, like what you would have to do in that situation. You yeah. almost have to punt it in that situation right. and play. Because you can't miss a 60-yard field goal that you're probably never heard. With not even 30 60. seconds with 30 seconds left. You can't uh, do that. Right. Well, there would have been eight. Well, field. when he well, stepped sure, out, it was right. eight seconds. So right, 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 right. maybe you you might have tried a crazy field goal, but like and knowing that the, the Bengals will get the ball. They got to play. Midfield. They've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Right. <laughs> and it would have I think I think if it's 60 yards, they probably would have just punted it. Like is right. that because that would have that would have ran out the clock. Right. Um yeah, so but, but you know, he made it. Um, he always does. And 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 then the penalty, which yes, uh, we, you know, it's uh, I'm I'm glad we're, you know, we haven't even discussed the officials here because yeah. w- was it a great great officiated game? No. No. Was it almost it, never a, is. Was it a biased game? That's just laughable. It's just yeah. um and um, you know, the the idea even even if there were some questionable calls in in the game, I it, there's, I don't know anybody who can seriously argue that the final rough in the passer call was, was, um, you know, was inappropriate. I mean, right. was it unfortunate? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't, you know, I, I, and of course, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll always get the, the, uh, the, the QAnon truthers of, of the Bengals fan base who will you know, show the still photo of, yes. of uh, Asai touching Mahomes, like right on the, on the, uh, right as he steps out, Doug ignoring Godley. that there was a second touch. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's the, the arms and yes. I mean, but there was yeah. like two touches. It wasn't. I think yes. the first touch. I don't think that's what brought the flag out. Well, Ray, that's why you shouldn't use still images to show football plays. Yeah, you, because if, if, the next person who shows me a still image to say the holding, yes, when to get a punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's because, right. You yep. know, when people when Bengals fans are arguing with Joe Thomas, yes, and 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 the Schwartz brothers online yes. about what constitutes holding. Yeah, and they've you never know, heard of a rip move before, and all. Oh, the, I mean, I mean, it's been it's been rough. They've showed their asses a lot this week. With listen, and I get guys, it. those guys are offensive linemen. Of course, they're going to say it's not holding, right? Those <laughs> right. guys are totally yeah. biased, sure. right? And I mean, I get the emotional. You know, your team loses. You want to figure out every reason other than just we got beat, and like we've been there. You know, certainly. But um, I think Bengals fans have really cranked it up with like. Talking about there are some people that wanted the like a halo around the sideline where you can still hit people out of bounds even after they're out because, oh, it's unfair to have to. I mean, just tons of stuff. It's It's been driving me nuts. Um, I guess I, Bengals, I'm over them now. I think um, I think let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and put Cincy in our rearview mirror and let's move on forward. The Kelsey Bowl, Andy Reid versus the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, former Chiefs coach versus the Chiefs. Um, 
you know, the Eagles are stacked on both ends of their offense and defensive lines. They got all pros all over the place. They were 16 and one in games started by Jalen Hurts. Uh, they've got two ridiculous wide receivers. I don't know if they're quite AJ Brown. I mean, sorry, quite um, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, but they're about as close as they get in the NFL. And that's AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. Most metrics that I've seen have them in have a top five offense, a top five defense. They're like sixth in DVOA on defense and third on offense. It, it'll be a tall t mountain to climb for the Chiefs, no matter what they do. How are you feeling about the matchup? Do you feel like it's house money at this point? Are you are you positive? How are the vibes? I, I certainly wouldn't say we're playing with house money. I mean, I'm greedy. I want I want a Super Bowl win. A Super Bowl sure. loss is, you know, it, it, yes, we got the Bengals off our back, and that narrative is hopefully put on put on ice for a time. Yeah. Um, but we're, you know, we're chasing Tom Brady here, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I I want this win. But yes, this uh, losing would still feel, I I think, barring some sort of bizarre loss where the official officials get involved or you know a big a big lead blown or something crazy like that like I, it would feel i think less bad than losing to the bengals would have um in terms of how confident i am i, I can't tell you right now until i know who's actually available for this game fair yeah right like long know, 10 days between I mean, now and then yeah. it is and that you know thank god for the bye week um, <laughs> yeah for, right. for many reasons right so yeah, we're assuming mahomes's ankle will be better you know he'll be mm -hmm. more mobile um probably you know not anywhere near 100 percent, but um, if he's even a little bit better than he was in the last game, we'll be fine in that regard. Um, we're assuming Travis Kelsey's back will not, you know, rear its ugly head again. Um, he's, you know, been celebrating going to, I think, was he at a KU basketball game the other he day? Was. So, like, you yeah. know, if, if he's hurting, he's he's doing a great job of disguising it. <laughs> um, so I, I think at least, you know, the core guys are there. Um the word is Kadarius Tony sounds like he might be available. Like his ankle, the Andy Reid seems to express some optimism there. Um, I, I, I certainly a, a very important guy to have, especially since it does seem like Hardman's out. But if you have one of those two guys, I think is key. The the two questions I really have are: is Juju Smith Schuster, where it's it's not entirely clear how serious his knee injury is. There seems to be some optimism he'll be able to practice next week. Um, but then the other thing is luxurious need that's a head injury. And really yeah. there's no time frame that you can put on that. Um, and certainly no, um, no desire on anybody's part to rush him back. If he's not ready, mm -hmm. that's one you can do more real damage, lifetime damage. Um, so we'll, we'll see where we are with that one. Um, but if at least one of those two guys is available and, you know, Tony is, is able to play, um, and I think that you know, Willie Gay was, you know, missed some time and Trey, uh, uh, Trey Smith. But I think those look like they'll be ready to go. Yep. Assuming everybody else is there, I feel reasonably confident. Um, sure. The Eagles, it's weird. Um, I, I will say this. Jalen Hurts is in, an interesting matchup only because he's not like any quarterback the Chiefs have really faced this year. They faced some terrific quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, uh, Josh Allen, mm -hmm. Justin Herbert. But the guy who can who has the kind I guess Josh Allen is probably the closest comp, right? Yeah. Um Hertz is, I feel like he's a different kind of runner. Um you know, where More like Allen Lamar, can, right? A, a little bit. Slippery. Um slippery and um but at the same time, like, you know, he's got this like in, the incredible like squat numbers and, and like yes. he's the guy he's... that they can on like he's the he's 
he's kind of the rare quarterback where you actually use him for short yardage, right? For, whereas opposed to breaking off Lamar. thirty yards, right? Yeah. I feel like you know he's not the guy you're going to get the the thirty yard run broken off. Um, but it's just like on third and two, they're like basically unstoppable. Yeah, that's that's yep. it's a little bit weird. Um, but you know their defense. You know, I think their secondary is is you know matches up very well for the for the Chiefs because the Chiefs may not have a, an elite wide receiver core, but they've got Patrick Mahomes, and I think their their defensive backs um, are vulnerable. It's really it's a line thing, you know. Can can the offensive line hold up against a a right. better defensive line? I think than the Bengals. And um, thank God they're healthy. The offensive line. I mean, that's the tough. one thing. Yeah, exactly. That's I think that's really a. a a sign of just how important the O-line is that like the chiefs overcame all these other injuries in this game, but two years ago, they just could not overcome having a, a patchwork offensive line. Right. And yeah, those guys are, um, you know, they're, they're in good shape. You know, we, we, it's funny. We talked last week about Orlando Brown, how the Bengals game might really define his yeah, legacy. Point. And I feel like it actually, he's still kind of in the middle. Like he played <laughs> fine. He played fine. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he, Maybe he gets a little bit of a of a bad rep because he is next to Josh, to- uh, sorry, Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, all guys who are, you know, a viable case to be among the top Jesus. five or if not top three at their position. Yeah, and he's like maybe in the eleven to fifteen range, like he's average to mm-hmm. a late, a little bit above. And and left tackle is such an important position. Like I think we would all trade a top five interior lineman for a top five left tackle protecting the most important commodity sure. in, in all of American sports. Um, this game will, you know, will, 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 will kind of we've we've punted that legacy onto the Super Bowl. If he can um, protect Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and they win, um, I think you know we might see him back next year. But that to me is is the, the key matchup on on the line. The, and the the Eagles that's that's no joke. But I think that the, I I feel like the Chiefs will be able to score points in this game. Yes. Um, the other thing that gives me a little bit of confidence is, you know, I talk about how the, the, the Chiefs haven't really seen a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, but they've seen some really good quarterbacks. Have you guys seen the quarterbacks that the Eagles have seen this year? <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, joke. I went through the – it's – I mean, the, not Patrick thing, Mahomes. the teams, if you just look at the teams they played, mm-hmm. they played, I believe, two teams, I want to say all year, that won 10 games, right? They played the Cowboys twice. <laughs> And they're the Cowboys, so like. And in one of those games, they they saw Cooper Rush instead of Dak Prescott. Right. And the other one was the Minnesota Vikings, who are the worst eleven or whatever, whether thirteen or four. Right? But like, they, they they were the you know, negative point difference. Best team, the best team in NFL history, record wise, yeah. to have been outscored. And yep, you know, yes. as we, you know, as any analyst will tell you, the points point differential matters more. And as the New York Giants will tell you. <laughs> they'll tell you the same thing. Yep, um, yep. So they faced a bu- they faced a bunch of like nine and eight teams, but like all of those nine and eight teams, they played early in the year when they were all terrible. Like the Detroit Lions, they played to open the season. They played yep. um, the Jaguars we in week four. Yeah. Um, I believe it was the the they played the Commanders uh, twice in week three and week ten, and the, actually and they lost, lost. The Commanders in week ten. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know they barely they beat the Colts by one point. So yes, we lost to the Colts, but that at least for us that was like an all time fluke. Whereas for them it was sure you know, one of yeah you know, it, it didn't do much better. So the, the schedule in general like was weak, but then you break it down to okay, let's actually look at the quarterbacks they faced, um, and then you can talk about like the, the their playoff opponents too. Because I mean, if you just look at their playoff run, they outscored the Giants and 49ers sixty nine to fourteen. That looks incredibly impressive. But yeah, when nice. you consider that the, the 49ers, they, they saw Brock Purdy for like three minutes and then Josh Johnson 
Oh. Um, the, the best quarterback they saw this year, it, depending on what you think of Aaron Rodgers at this point, right? They did see Aaron Rodgers, but he's, he had the worst year maybe of his career and he's mm-hmm. 40 years older. And he not. put up numbers on him. Well, they, they, well, he also, he actually only played part of the game. Actually, he came out and Jordan Love played part of the game. And That's Jordan right. Love played well. And the Packers scored what thirty points? Yep, we'll get we'll we'll get to that, right? They 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 saw the Cowboys twice, but only once did they see Dak Prescott. Uh huh. Um, and then the next best quarterback they saw was probably Daniel Jones, (laughs) right? Which I mean, you know, he's had a bit of a renaissance, but he's certainly still Daniel Jones, right? Or Jared Goff, maybe. And then Mm -hmm. you look at it's like, well, the Lions with Jared Goff scored thirty-five points. The Packers scored thirty-three points. Yep. The Cowboys, when they had Dak Prescott, scored forty points. Yep. Um, so they can. That be is interesting, right? To me, like yes, they they allowed fewer points than the Chiefs on the whole this season. They allowed twenty point two points a game. The Chiefs allowed twenty one point seven. But when they faced an you know a top tier quarterback, not even elite, but just like top ten, top mm-hmm. five, a respectable um, one, yeah, they have given up points and. You know, in the playoffs, okay. You know, they 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 kicked the Giants' butt with Daniel Jones, but um, I'm I'm still not entirely sold that Daniel Jones is a top ten quarterback or even top fifteen. And then the Niners, you know, are a phenomenal team that just were unfortunately had a, a, an injury. And then we're down to their fourth string quarterback. Does that prove anything? I don't know if it does. And um, so yeah, that is that is my reason for optimism. And you know, I know that the Eagles are favored by the uh the gambling lines here um and i i don't gamble i don't recommend anyone gamble but like <laughs> i don't i i don't see the argument in favor there unless you really think the chiefs are even more banged up than it looks Randy, i promised that we'd circle back to this and this is maybe uh an appropriate point to end on here i mentioned that uh you alluded to this but dan orlovsky before the bengals game suggested that if Patrick Mahomes had lost the game on Sunday, we would have to crown Joe Burrow as the best quarterback in the NFL. And mind you, he did make a very nonsensical argument about Joe Burrow being the best quarterback and Patrick Mahomes being the best player, which, all right, let's 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 leave that to the side because that doesn't make any sense. Instead, Patrick Mahomes won the game, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see this, but today Dan Orlovsky proclaimed him as the second best quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. So, considering he went from possibly the second-best quarterback in the NFL uh, with a loss to the second-best quarterback ever on Sunday uh, with a victory, uh, any similarly hot takes you want to fire off in terms of the uh, big L legacy implications of this game? Um, If I recall correctly, could you tell me who Dan Orlovsky had as the third-best quarterback of all time? It was uh, was John Elway. (laughs) Okay, so I think we can automatically discount... Dan Orlovsky's quarterback rankings. Of this guy any, gets it. Of any he gets it. He um, gets any, it. I just the the Elway over Marino. Yeah, you know we, we we discussed this I think a little bit last week. Just, yeah. Just I can you can I can immediately uh, anybody whose opinion is that Elway is better than Marino is suspect in my eyes. Anybody who tells me Elway was better than Montana oh, is just, just or Ken Anderson or, or, <laughs> Pey- or Peyton Manning. That's Peyton Manning, a, yes, Peyton Manning as well. But, but if you just want to look like at you know the con- their contemporaries, Manning, you, you know Montana had better numbers. Montana won 
more championships. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I missing here? I, I, I don't know. Well, you um, are not missing anything. Dan no, is missing. Dan apparently is. Um, so, you know, we'll, like I said, we, I'm so extremely grateful that we do not have to listen to people uh, argue in good faith that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to worry about people arguing in bad faith that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes or that anybody in football right now is better than Patrick Mahomes. We'll worry about where he sta- stands uh, on the, you know, historical comps um, in a few years. Cause that's, that's, that's very nice of Dan to say that he ranks second uh, right now. Um, I think from a, you know, projection standpoint, I think that's absolutely reasonable. Um, but I look forward to the process of watching uh, Patrick Mahomes make that case uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt. And then, and then it's time to focus on number one, um, but all in good time. All in good time. Well, speaking of good time, Randy, we have had a blast talking to you about the chiefs. Um, clearly this is super, super fun for us and we appreciate all your time. Hopefully, you know, uh, the chiefs make us all happy here in a couple days and and we can all celebrate ring number two um, out of eight for Patrick. And uh, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. We'll catch up with you here, um, you know, before too long, but uh, enjoy watching the game and uh, we'll, we'll tweet your article out whenever that comes out. If that happens to drop before the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, appreciate all, everything you've done. Sounds good guys. I look forward to uh, hopefully talking to you guys in the not too distant future uh, after a chief's uh, Super Bowl victory. Mm-hmm.